Good evening and welcome to another Trust the Wizards outside broadcast. This time to see the John Grant with the Raw Symphonia at the Liverpool Philharmonic Hall on the 22nd November 2014. My name's Rebel Ricky and I'll be meeting up later with fellow wizard Sharitho Garbanzo and friend of the pod Texas Paul. And of course we welcome along Mrs Garbanzo as well. Now, Liverpool Phil will be interesting tonight because it's just had the first phase of a £13.8 million redevelopment. Uh, Sadly, I think I can actually recall the last refurbishment that took place in Liverpool Phil. Uh, Either way, it's a great venue. I don't think it needed a phase lift. Hopefully, it's a restorative one uh, and they're not looking to change what is a very characterful, classic venue. Uh, It's grade 2 listed, so I think the character should be safe either way. It only reopened seven days ago, so hopefully we'll not have to don hard hats to see the concert. Either way, we'll see later. Now, John Grant. Here's the CV. He leapt onto the scene in 1996 with the band The Zars and the album Mood Swings. The Zars being a sort of folk rock band, you could say. He then hit the buffers in around 2006, hit the buffers quite spectacularly apparently, Uh, drink and drug abuse were involved, uh, and uh, had a hiatus for quite some time. Uh, And then he was was pulled out of that in around 2010 uh, to record the album Queen of Denmark uh, with the band Midlake. Uh, I'm just reading from his uh, uh, publicity stuff here. Uh, In 2013, John Grant was nominated for Best Solo Artist in the Q Awards alongside David Boy, etc., Success continued this year when he was nominated for a Brit Award for International Male Solo Artist. This time he was shortlisted with Bruno Mars, Drake, Eminem Justin Timberlake. Uh, it says here, it's been an extraordinary journey from the point where he thought he would never make music again or escape a life of substance abuse to winning awards and accolades. Collaborating with Midlake, Midlake Sinead O'Connor, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. Uh, so, you can see... Uh, He's actually been incredibly successful in the last three or four years. Ridiculously so. But the album Queen of Denmark pulled him out of of his malaise um, and was a breakthrough album, which is very strange because it is not in any ways a pop record. Uh, I think... Well, it's sort of in the mould, I guess, of, of some Nick Cave and Tom Waits or Jack Brell. or It certainly reminds me a lot of uh, Mercury Rev as well, if you remember that band. Since doing Queen of Denmark uh, in 2013, he did their album Pale Green Ghost, uh, which went even even bigger, really. Uh, he teamed up with um, some uh, Icelandic uh, dance collaborators uh, and, uh, was it, the, the DJ Gus Gus? Uh, and, and that was a very innovative LP. Now, it's unusual I'm going tonight because, to be honest with you, I have a, I have a bit of a problem with John Grant. Uh, I mean, there's, there's four real problems. Uh, firstly... John Grant, um, not not personally, I don't know the man, obviously, um, but I saw a YouTube video last night, and it didn't surprise me. Uh, he was wearing a big woolly jumper uh, and a woolly hat with a massive beard. He's a big fella. I mean, what can you say? He's hardly Elvis, is he? He, he doesn't look like a rock star. He doesn't look like somebody you're thinking, wow, he's really cool. Um, you know, nothing against the fella, and that might be his charm, but it didn't... It's not necessarily come over to me at this stage. Uh, I think the second element of a problem I have with him uh, is this: he, he's so his lyrics are so raw, and and 
uh, raw and not bitter, but but wounded and and and, and difficult. And I, I I do wonder sometimes or worry that this is art as victimhood that people buy into because they not that they feel sorry for him, but it's very self-involved and people feel a sense of you know you're exploring the inner turmoil of a human being, which nothing against. I mean a lot of great art is about that but I, but I worry that it's well it's moaning frankly um, that's not to say that's not to say there's some great stuff there and uh, there's many things that I like but I just I, I worry when people go into so far down that road that there's a lot of sort of dour um, depressing uh, stuff to get through um, before you get to the light if you like but there is light and shade uh, a lot of it's quite funny uh, I think it's supposed to be funny a lot of it's so revelatory uh, that it's embarrassing but I mean that's interesting in itself isn't it I thought the third area where I may have a bit of a problem with John Grant is that well his music's not exactly rock and roll is it uh, it's quite slow music it's it's a bit ponderous as I said before Jack Brell I think is a good um, a good comparator uh, he tends to sometimes the words are elongated for the sake of the words at the expense of the tune um, no one's going to be dancing tonight uh, and that you know I, I like it I like it to zip along usually uh, and that, that might be an issue for me uh, also as I mentioned before some of the lyrics are, are so personal they're so um, confessional that sometimes it makes me feel uncomfortable a particular lyric remember we used to fuck all night long me neither because I always collapsed in a drunken coma they're not exactly lyrics but you get the idea um, so that's 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 my problem with John Grant. Having said that, um, I like I like the aggression. I like the cynicism. His voice is incredible. Sometimes the lyrics get right to you and deeply affect you emotionally. Uh, and sometimes the lyrics really make you laugh as well. So I'm sort of sat on the fence. What I actually did was uh, I created a, a visual representation of, of my feelings about going to the concert tonight, uh, and I did a square. Uh, with hate the music and love the music on two corners, uh, and then hate the music, love the message. So I hate the message, love the message on two other corners, uh, and I plotted where I was uh, in the square, uh, in four corners there. Uh, bear with this. Uh, and um, so I thought, well, actually, I'm probably just on the side of not being overwhelmed by the music or the message. Um, so I you're asking yourself, well, why are you going to this concert? Well, the pure fact is that I've been bombarded by, uh, by my colleagues saying, you, you, you really need to see him live. To really understand John Grant, you've got to get in front of him, look into his eyes and see he means it. This is real. This is real raw emotion. This artist is laying it all out in front of you and holding nothing back. Uh, and actually, he does it with charm uh, and, uh, and, and he's a very likeable personality. Uh, so I thought, well, that, you know, I really should give him a chance on that base alone. But to be honest with you, the real selling point to me was the orchestra. I've seen about three or four uh, classical concerts, and to be honest with you, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit ashamed to admit this, but they really blew me away. It's so powerful. Just getting 34 musicians, he's got 34 musicians playing all at once and playing to uh, that clever arrangement and the way they fill the hall and, and the Philharmonic is a brilliant venue for classical music, so I reckon that's going to be amazing. 
So I'm really drawn in by that. As soon as it was mentioned, uh, do you want to go see John Grant? Well, probably not. He's got a 34-piece orchestra behind him. I said, absolutely, uh, because he's got that kind of voice. He's got an incredibly strong voice. The musicians will fill the hall. I'm expecting to be blown away by that, even if I don't particularly like John Grant that much. Having said that, what I'm going to do, I'm going to plot this graph here. Uh, I'm, in, I'm, in the, um, I'm in the bottom quartile at the moment, uh, but maybe at the end of the gig, that could go up to top quartile. Who knows? Uh, but we shall find out later when I'll discuss that with my colleague, uh, Shwito Garbanzo, and friend of the bar, as I said, Texas Paul. But for now, let's listen to one of John Grant's Wonderful song. And one that I particularly like, because one thing I haven't mentioned is his expert use of profanity in music. We, we, we salute that time and time again. Uh, and this particular song is so profane, it's right there in the title. And it also sums up some of his philosophy and some of his ideology. And it is uh, John Grant with Greatest Motherfucker. You could probably say I'm difficult I probably talk too much I overanalyze and overthink things Yes, it's a nasty crush I'm usually only waiting Stop talking so that I can Concerning two-way streets I have to say Yeah. 
2014, just let's get it right. And I'm here with um, fellow wizard, Chirito Garbanzo. Hello. Bakewell Slice, highly recommended. In the Quartz Cafe. Yeah. Uh, uh, acolyte of the pod, as I've as I newly been christened. Promoted. Yes. Texas Paul. Hello. And Mrs. Garbanzo. Hello. Oh, yes, you will chip in. That's very good indeed. <laughs> so I, I, I think probably the first thing I need to say is that I've, I've been reassured. I've, I've, I've definitely been converted. All the things I accused John Grant of have been uncharismatic. Mm-hmm. Whiny, yeah, tuneless. Oh, God. I, I, oh, I really went for it. Yeah, you should have heard. Me. And the fourth, I'm not even going to say anymore. Right, because well, I don't know what it was. It was so, something to do with the image. His image. Right? Well, yeah, well, yeah, there's the beard. Well, his beanie hat, his woolly jumper, and his beard. I was thinking about this during the gig, and it made the, the one about me being whiny. It made me think. Was the first John Grant song you heard, Queen of Denmark? Was that uh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. because well, I put that on my best of the year thing, didn't I? A few years ago. And um, in fact, it was the opening track of my best of the year thing. And I was thinking that when you've heard the rest of the album, Queen of Denmark, then the song Queen of Denmark is is, is quite extreme. But if you've never heard the rest of the album, you just hear that song. You're going to be going. It's very extreme. Yeah. So mm. if that was your introduction to it, I can hear. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. But first but, impressions and all that. But, but I mean, the first impression tonight was that he hasn't he, hasn't he smartened himself up. Hmm. Mm. Slick back hair, beard trimmed, mm. looking quite smelt. He looks quite, 
quite trim. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I didn't, I don't even notice, but not on the black suit ish, but heels. I didn't notice that. We were, we were, we had good seats, didn't we? But we weren't there near the oh. front. We were on the front row of the of the grand circle, no less. Well, I, I yeah. mentioned earlier on that the, the Philharmonic has had a refurbishment and they're spending thirteen point eight million pounds on it. Um, and the first thing that we noticed was that you couldn't notice any change whatsoever. Well, apart from there seemed to be less toilets. They, they, they must have taken some toilets out of the film. Yeah, that's yeah. not a good policy in my book. The toilets were very nice, but there were less urinals in there. Yeah. Maybe there's more retail space. Yeah, more, more retail space, less urinals. Yeah. So they're selling more merch, but people can't go for a piss. Well, you know, that's progress, I suppose. Um, so on to the geek, then. Yes, let's. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he started with You Don't Have To, which was lots of electronic stuff going on, mm. and obviously the orchestra. And there was a few songs throughout the set where there, where there was full-on electronic stuff going on, yeah. and the orchestra. And, and, band. It, and the band, of course, and, and, and his band, yeah. You were yeah. worried about that at the beginning, weren't you? You said you were worried, wondering how that was going to fit. Mm. Well, I wanted, I wanted to... I, I was hoping that there would be plenty of songs where it would just be, you know, um, the piano and the orchestra. Uh, and there were. There were. Yeah. Were, yeah. But I think that's um, an, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Did the orchestra add to or subtract to what you would have got with the band, or... Would you like to take the band out and just listen to him play with the orchestra? Then, of course, I didn't factor in the third element of that. It's like that, that all that electronic going on, mm-hmm. and you know, put the whole thing together. And well, yeah, I thought when on the songs where he had the whole thing together, mm-hmm. like the like the opening song and Pale Green Ghosts. Pale Green Ghosts is not really one of my favourite one no, of his no. songs on the record, but live with the orchestra doing it. <coughs> <coughs> on the mm. chorus, mm. Um, you know that was that was really good. With yeah. it jumping ahead, yeah. Pale Green Ghost was my highlight. As soon as it started, I thought, "Wow, this is this is far better than the record." Yeah, uh, and yeah. there was a huge orchestral introduction to that. Yes, there was. And yeah. then when the electronic beats start coming, I thought actually, I, 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 you don't get this feeling very often, but I thought I'm actually seeing something new here. Yeah, and it's quite exciting to be honest. With you. And the other thing I thought was when we went in because we go to a lot of concerts where, frankly, there's not many people there, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not very popular. Yeah. And but today, sold out. Yeah. The adulation. Mm. You know, people were really into it. Yeah. So it, I mean, that was nice. You yeah. Thought, you thought like, it's a different feeling, isn't it? It's, you feel like you're at something important. Yeah. Whereas usually we feel like we're at something that should be important. Yeah. But it's only important to us and, to a, us and, and a few other people. And Twenty-five yeah. other people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to what you were saying about the orchestra and the electronic and or anything like that. There's the second song, Agent Orange, which was the first time. Because of all the electronic stuff on the first song, the first time you really got to hear the orchestra going yeah. was in the second song, uh, and that was fantastic. And uh, also, the bit in, yeah, there's a bit in that where he sings, uh, like he does most of the time, he sings quite low. Uh, but then there was a bit in Agent Orange where he suddenly goes up an octave for one of the choruses, and it's like, whoa! And then the orchestra kicked in at the same time. Like, whoa! Fucking yeah. hell, that was really, really good. Um, but that's every time he did that. Every time it up an octave, like on that wonderful Dustball song you play later on. Oh yes, wasn't that great? Wasn't that fantastic? Yeah. A whole chorus, the whole yeah. chorus, he was octave, octave heavy. This was. was a song that he played, he played five, four new songs, right? And the third one of those was my favourite of the new songs he played, oh. and it was called Black, uh, Black Vision, I think. Black yeah, Black and then the chorus was, was very yeah. much yeah. soaring, and I know you, you leant over to me during that song, Mrs. Garbanzo. I think I saw it, uh, just squeeze your hand like that, as if to say, this is, the, this is it, this, this is, is our moment. song. No, and she, 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 what she actually said was um, um, that... Uh, 
this is shit. And oh. you can quote me on that. That's some of her exact words. Yeah. I thought I was going to misrepresent it completely then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there was lots of um, those new songs. There was one called No More Tangles, which I wrote down here. I said um, there was a, a line in that which said, Gee, your hair smells, your, gee, your hair smells terrific, but I cannot stand to have you around. Oh, which is a very John Grant kind of <laughs> yeah. line, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it usually has that, you know, uh, the, the downplayed line after the upplayed line, doesn't it? But uh, it's, the first new song was uh, uh, Geraldine. Geraldine? After About Geraldine Page, of course. Yeah. Geraldine Page? Go on, anyone? Anyone? No. Um, you know Sunny Don't Blank Wilkes? No, Blank Wilkes. No. No, no, no idea. I'm guessing she's an actress. He said someone famous that he wants to talk to before she died. Is Geraldine Page the one with the... Who was the one with the... Uh, Twenty. Is this speculation? Yeah, that's what that would be my guess as well. Oh, like yeah. someone, a film star from the old days. Well, we'll get a research on it right now, yeah. and uh, later on in the program, we'll bring that back to you. But as we said, then we point. And again, the chorus in that was quite memorable because it was Geraldine. Just tell me, you didn't have to put up with this shit. That was a repeated <laughs> line in the chorus. Again, very John Grant. Very John Grant. Very John Grant. Yeah. yeah. But I said, I mean, it came onto Pale Green Ghost not long after that. I could talk about that on that. I mean, that was yeah. that was that was remarkable. It was. And yeah. it, it was yeah. the, well, I didn't know where it was, where it was going at first, and then you heard the. Uh, yeah. That started mm. coming mm. once, didn't it? Yeah. And then they carried on a bit, and then, then, then and it's like, oh, and then I got quite, oh, I wonder if it is. Yeah. And, and it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was at that point. He was stood up, punching the sky, giving it lords like a rock star. I think he, he yeah. sort of evolved into one. I don't know if you noticed later on, he started dancing. He did do a bit of dancing, didn't he? Yeah. 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 To be fair, it wasn't... It wasn't like, as pan's people sort of. It was a teenager. It was a bit of a shuffle. A bit of a shuffle. A bit of a, shuffle, a, bit of a yeah. like a march, really. Oh, he, he was definitely one song. He was he was marching. He was marching. Yeah, yeah, he was actually marching. Now, do you yeah. think he was doing something? You know, an Elvis Presley thing there and, and orchestrating his band by his moves. Like Certainly, some of those punches in the sky were were, were kind of like, like yeah, leading, like leading, yeah, signals to the band. I think yeah, signals to the band. And then there was there was. Uh, where Dreams Go to Die, which is uh, a very good song. The orchestra on that were fantastic. Um, have I missed out anything there? I, um, the Black Vision one we talked about, which is the, uh, the one Mrs. Garbanzo enjoyed so which much. Which, of course, he had a failed introduction to that, remember. Oh, yes, because he said he introdu- introduced it, it and then it, they weren't playing that one. It was time to play well, it. Was, it was wonderful because he introduced it, and you saw every single musician, because you got his orchestra, go. flying papers going everywhere. Yeah. And, and then on he saw a look around what's going on here? Mm. And then he realised... But anyway, just come back onto Geraldine Page. From memory, isn't, isn't her second name Sue? Uh, she got eight Academy Awards, remember? Of course, the trip to Bountiful. She was nominated eight times. Of course, you're right. One. She only won the one, didn't she? Yeah. Right. That was for the trip to Bountiful, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. She's an actress, then. That great Yeah. Fantastic, yep. wasn't it? And I believe she had two husbands, the second of which was Rip Torn. Rip Torn, Rip Torn. Yeah, Rip Torn, yeah. one of the all-time great names. But it's yep. such a shame that kidney disease she suffered in 1987. And died from it, unfortunately. Only at 62. Yeah, the age 62. You've read a lot of this and that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yes, yeah, so that's Geraldine Page. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, thanks for thanks to, the, to our researcher for that for that information. Did, uh, you, did you notice? I don't know what it sung it was. I assume it's a new one. Uh, when the 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 voiceover came over the PA, uh-huh. the sort of European telephone voice. Yes. Uh, and then they went into then like a, a burlesque 
and, uh, and there was a rap thing. I he was kind of was rapping with, 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 a, with a sort of East European accent. Yeah. And he said something about se- you'd sell your grandmother for crack was in there. Um, and uh, I, I don't I don't know what that song is, but it, the chorus said, "That's the good news." Is that what it's actually? I've, I've written, "That's the boot boot." Yeah, I think he was saying that's the good news. Probably I, I more think sense. that's the rule book. That's oh. the rule book. The rule book. Well, Mrs. G, anything? It's called That's the Something. Yeah, that's the rule book. Yeah. And the, the brass on that, there was very kind of, um, yeah. well, it was Stravinsky-esque. I got, it, well, I said, it was I, all over the place. I said, I said burlesque. Yeah. You know, well, I, got, I got the impression that the sound, because it was quite loud, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it was almost, you could, you could hardly hear him over the, over the background noise. They, they, they had this crashing noise. And it just reminded me, it made me think of somebody talking to somebody in a club. Right. I think that was what he was trying to do. Yeah, it was a very... It was a club... You know, it was a dance yeah. track, that, wasn't yeah. it? Um, so, so, that was so I know he's done some collaborations with Hercules and Love Affair, who make dance music, so I wonder. I did wonder if, is that one of their songs? I don't know. It's a, it's a good he didn't, seem, he didn't seem to count it as, as one of the new songs. No. He said they were going to play four new songs. Um, and, he, and that wasn't one of them, Maybe I don't think. Maybe it's an interlude. Do you know, this isn't, like, this isn't sort of fantastic analysis or anything. And this isn't, you know, this is not my best moment, but did you think he sung better when he was stood up? than when he was sat at the piano. I, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. But I mean, it would, it, phys, physics would tell you that he's got he his lungs are got more. He played the piano better when he was sitting down than he was. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't playing the piano when he was stood up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but his lungs have got more room to uh, get air in and out of them when you're standing up, haven't yeah. they? That's why people yeah. generally stand up to sing. So then he came back for the encore and he played favourite uh, Sigourney Weaver. And he had a little Sigourney Weaver. Which oh, isn't yeah. Cockney yeah. rhyming slang. He, he, he had, he had one in his pocket. I'm, uh, st- I'm still working through what that's Cockney yeah. rhyming slang for. Oh, I don't know. Ah, yeah. Uh, um, and he that had um, over my head that one. He had um, uh, a Ripley, a little plastic Ripley that some people who come to the gig had given him a little plastic Ripley from Alien. Uh, as a little gift, Dennis and Lois. Dennis and, and Lois, Lois. Yeah, Lois from New York. Uh, and that was a yeah, that was a brilliant song, and it was fantastic. And then there was another new one, Global Warming. Indeed, Global Warming. Yeah. Now I was pleased by that because I thought, oh no, he's going to do a really naff song about about an issue that you know, yeah. it's a, bit, a little bit old hat. I'm not saying it's not a serious issue, all the rest of it, but it has been sort of done to death. I mean, Tears for Fears were doing songs about that, weren't they? But of course. Yeah. You can depend on John Grant. He said, "Global warming, it's ruining my complexion." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't as straightforward. No, and I think saying save the world. I think there was quite a lot of other lyrics in there, yes. uh, which were very John Grant, as we said. Um, but I didn't catch them all. But uh, it certainly wasn't a straightforward song, like I don't know, say Bono would write about global warming. Absolutely not. No, it wasn't no. smug. Then. He's, he's not straightforward, John Grant, and this is why we now love him. And, and there was a Sars song. We did discuss before the gig about whether he'd play any songs by the Sars. The Sars. He played the Sars. The Sars drug. He did. Is that, is that from them drugs? As opposed to the drug Sars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it, which, that was great. That one. Yeah. Yeah, the orchestra were brilliant on that one. Yeah, that was uh, didn't he do the encore? I can't remember. No, it wasn't the encore. No. Uh, because then the he played song. the Pièce de Résistance. There's only two songs after that. Right. The Queen of Denmark, I don't think it's ever sounded as good as that. Well, apart from the bit where he stopped singing in the middle. Uh, no, well, that was the, technical the, the first yeah. chorus. Yeah. I thought he'd done that deliberately. No, I think, I think he, his voice went. And yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think he t- oh. went, tried to sing that high bit and, it, and, it, and his voice went. So, uh, yeah, but, but, yeah. It, but even that didn't matter. No, uh, the power oh, of the band or the orchestra on that oh, uh, was, was amazing. Well, that's when it came to I thought on some songs there was like a basic arrangement and, you know, sort of filled in and what have you. I think on that they thought, well, 
well this gives us the opportunity to take it way out mm. way out, this, out, out the stadium and so when he got to that bit why don't you like a pub singer yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, it went into stratospheric it did because yeah. not only yeah. did that the guitar yeah. fuzzed up like yeah. crazy yeah. giving it lows yeah. the full string like that. Yeah. Oh, that was but fast. still very tight and very very you know yeah. technically and then after that was one of for me one of the most moving songs of the evening which was Glacier yeah. again it's not particularly one of my favourites on the record but um, live well, you just, and the lyrics just seem to really you know, yeah. never really noticed them. I don't know how I could never really notice the lyrics of that song before. Oh, I haven't spectacular been, landscape, yeah. sort of it's amazing. Line, amazing. Yeah. Did you notice as well? Because again, I thought because you got so many people on stage, mm-hmm. you got a full house, everyone really appreciated it. It was a very kind of communal experience, I thought. Much more so than there's a, I think there's a bit of division of just a few people on stage, and they've all got very low electric instruments. Yeah. If you've got that, you've realised there's a whole group of people working to create this 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 piece of art. It was fantastic, and I thought, particularly after the Queen of Denmark, that the clapping uh, or the the, the what do you call it, the uh, appreciation applause, yeah. applause. Well, yeah, let's go for applause. Yeah. After that, lasted for ages. It did, yeah. And I, yeah, I had the same thought that because it's you know you're thinking well behind the scenes how much stuff has gone into uh, the arrangements. The yeah. arrangements were unbelievable yeah. it's, 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 it would be very you know he said at one point he said the arrangements were by somebody called Fiona somebody yeah. and you'd be seeing her later but I don't know somebody walked on stage and did a bit of backing vocals and then walked off again I don't know if that was that's her. Miss Garbanzo or indeed Mrs Garbanzo yeah. <laughs> just, just divorced today <laughs> Yeah, she, she, yeah. She, she, she walked on, wasn't introduced. No, I don't know if that was the same woman. And I and I, well, I will have to admit, I was a tiny, tiny little bit disappointed when that lady walked on the stage. Because I'd noticed the other mic on the left of the stage. And I thought, ooh, is Sinead O'Connor going to come on? Because, you know, she does quite a lot of back and with John, yeah. doesn't it? And I, 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 I decided in my head that Sinead O'Connor was going to come on, even though that microphone was set quite high, and I know Sinead O'Connor is very, very small. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, he's like, but anyway, he's, he's, he's let you down, really, hasn't he? I yeah. mean, you know, he was doing ever so well, and then he didn't, bring, he didn't bring Sinead O'Connor on, and good God. Well, you know, you know, that would have been, you know, the cherry on the on the, on the bake well, you know. Indeed. Uh, yeah. um, but uh, talking of all, 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 all the people on the stage as well, yeah. we discussed before about being an orchestra, yeah. and uh, it wasn't a full-blown Symphony Orchestra, but there was two guys on the right. There's a guy on the timpani. Yeah, timpani. Uh, timpani, yes. Uh, big drums. The big drums. Yeah. And he spent most of the evening, as indeed I guess timpani players do most of the time, sat with his arms crossed doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Waiting for his bit. He had a whole song where he did absolutely demo. nothing. Yeah. Um, and then there was another guy who you said didn't do anything. The, la- right? the laziest guy in the whole thing was, was sat far right, came after, I came after two songs with a beard. Yeah. Uh, and he sat, well, it's when he came on, you think well, he's going to do something on this song, isn't he? Didn't do anything on that song, anything on the next song, nothing on the song after that. Did you not notice the big thing that he did do? And he only did it about four times but in the whole show. I noticed he played a, he, he played a triangle on one track, and then he, he came up with what looked like a screen book. He was just shuffling paper. 